And now it's time to answer the age-old question. Will James Gunn and Peter Safran DC Universe? That one was a stretch. That one that one was kind of a stretch. Let's talk about that. Exactly. What's up, guys? This is the Cinefanatics here. We're doing the Cinefanatics podcast as we have been. Uh, my name's Chris Adams. And I'm Robert Adams. And we are talking today about the recent news, the recent tweet from James Gunn, and all of the DC stuff. We had other plans, but you know what? Sometimes you like to pivot when uh, when some interesting pivot. stuff to talk about. Ross? Uh, when some interesting stuff pops up to talk about, and by golly, we could definitely go for an hour on this subject. By golly. By gee golly whiz. Watch, watch, watch the language. There's there's little children. But the children. Think of the children. Lola's... Lola's oh, Lola's off. heard way worse. True. <laughs> um, so if you guys aren't familiar with this tweet, uh, James Gunn put out a tweet about how uh, they are in the new year going to be unveiling their plans or their initial plans for the direction of the future of the DC universe uh, in terms of movies, obviously. Uh, that does include a priority given towards Superman. However, that priority is that they're going to do Superman as a younger man. So it doesn't make as much sense to have Henry Cavill back in the role, meaning Henry Cavill is no longer going to be Superman. However, they have had discussions with him, positive discussions in terms of maybe other roles he can play or another way that he can be involved in the DC Universe, should he still want to be. I know, like, James Gunn's also tweeted out images of, like, uh, images from Alex Ross's uh, Kingdom Come. So maybe alluding to that he may look into going that story route later. Right. uh, Which could necessitate bringing Henry Cavill back as the older Superman for Mm -hmm. that storyline. That might be pretty good. Um or like even if they go something along the lines of like the Dark Knight Returns yeah. with the old, which is kind of what they were somewhat doing with uh, Batman v Superman. Sure. Um, the other thing also is uh, I saw our our good friend William Bibiani. He tweeted out an idea, and that would basically be a crossover event of a like a, a Crisis on Infinite Earths type situation. Yeah. In which case you have a situation where you can bring a Superman from another universe and that Superman still be played by Henry Cavill. It could be a future Superman. It could be an older Superman. However, because here's the thing. Multiverses are hot right now. Thanks Marvel. (laughs) They're in multiverses are in regular, regular cinematic universes out. (laughs) And it's going to be that way for the foreseeable future, because that's the nature of a multiverse. That is an ongoing storyline that never has a finality to it. Unless you in the entire cinematic universe in well, some way. Also from a comic book standpoint, DC has done this yeah. way more than Marvel has. Marvel right. really hasn't had like like extinction extinction level events to their their main comic book storyline as much as DC has. Mm-mm. DC has done like Crisis on Infinite Earths, they Crisis a lot. on Multiple Earths, Crisis Here, Crisis There, The New 52, this, that, and the other. Like they've, yeah, they've rebooted their core universe so many times. Yeah. Marvel has done it a couple of times, but they typically don't mess with it that much just because of uh, how convoluted it could get with origins and this, that, and the other. You're, yeah. sh- you're straying away from the characters that we know that we love like for dc for example is jonathan kent paul kent currently alive or dead in the current dc universe i don't know who knows 
Who knows? Oh. It just no one knows. I didn't realize that was the correct answer. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it's just that's just one example. Just every time they reboot that universe, things change like that. He's mm-hmm. alive. He's not alive. Like, all right, well, decide. Yeah, and obviously, I think we're gonna see that type of a situation happen with the movies. I think uh, the big thing here is knowing that they finally have their Kevin Feige, that DC finally has their Kevin Feige, essentially. And ironically, it's James Gunn, someone yeah. who's worked with Kevin Feige. Um, and I think that that's a good that's a good foundation to build off of, which means it's nice to know at least that wherein for the last decade or so we've had a dc universe that seemed kind of we don't know where we're going they're connected but are they really though but yes they are but also here's uh here's the original director's vision um all kinds of like craziness has been happening over the last decade with dc now it's nice to have somebody at least somebody two somebodies in this case who are sitting back and going okay Pretend I'm like Iron Man with his like hologram or whatever. Yeah. Looking at the big picture. I know what pieces that we need to plug in and I know where we're plugging them in at. Somebody could have told DC from the beginning, hey, look what Marvel's doing. Follow that exactly one to one. So uh, the the big reason why we haven't seen that, and I've done like some of the research on this, so I'm going to kind of say this like very concise here um marvel really started out on their own uh like in the late 90s or the mid to late 90s a lot of people know marvel was going through a potential bankruptcy right to kind of help save themselves they they lent out their characters to studios uh namely for example fox got x-men you got fantastic sony four. got spider-man yeah. yeah fox got fantastic four daredevil so that's Universal why got hulk yeah that's why all those characters all went off to those studios and those studios started making movies mm-hmm. and then what happened is basically marvel's like well why don't we do this ourselves well what do we have access to well we <laughs> have see, access to you see that clip of thanos Fine, I'll do it myself. Yeah, basically, that's what it was. Uh, Kevin Feige had proved himself. Uh, he, he was a personal assistant to Lauren Schuler Donner. So he proved himself through being a producer on X-Men in 2000. Right. That he started having more ideas that at the time the big producer for Marvel was Avi Arad. Uh, and just Avi Arad just couldn't follow those same the same ideas that he had. Yeah. So it ended up becoming where uh, Feige ended up taking more of a leadership position in this new Marvel Studios idea. They tried uh, tried getting like a loan. They put like ten of their characters on on this loan that if so- if something was to happen, Marvel would lose the rights to these ten characters to the bank, basically. Or something like that. They had to crank out like ten certain amount of movies uh, over a course of and years. And then, of course, the bank could do whatever they want with them. They could give give them out to other studios yeah. to do something with. Yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, all of that the the characters they put up for collateral, the timeline that the that the bank was saying that you need to be making these movies in, uh, Marvel way above and beyond uh, hit those goals. Enter Iron Man one, and the rest was history. Yeah. So the first movie they did was Iron Man because no one else had access to it, and Iron Man wasn't that big of a character at the time he was still kind of like a c-list character in the marvel comics he's a-list now oh yeah no he's definitely a-list 
but one of the things I did like, even from that first Iron Man movie, is we did have Kevin Feige was the main figurehead, the one that making all the decisions for how Marvel Studios would go. They did that in the movie, too, by introducing Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury at the end. Because mm-hmm. at least for those first couple of movies, Nick Fury really was the glue, hold, like really holding them all together. From the first Iron Man, at least through uh, 2012 Avengers, yeah. Nick Fury had his hands in pretty much everything. Or at least controlling S.H.I.E.L.D. and you had S.H.I.E.L.D. was involved in everything, like Coulson being in Thor. Yeah. So, yeah, you had, like, a lot of that, and it was basically an on-camera Kevin Feige, and I think that's that's one of the things the DC movies, when they first started, like, Man of Steel, which was essentially, I would say, the first the first movie in this DC, mm-hmm. the DCEU, as it was called. Correct. There was nothing in that movie that really connected it to anything else. It was, for all intents and purposes, a standalone movie. And then it was like an afterthought that someone's like, you know what, let's do what Marvel's doing and connect all these movies together. Well, I still, I do think that they made that movie with the intention of doing that, with, with the intention of But it having, wasn't obvious in the movie. Yeah, they didn't do anything within the movie that specifically stood out. I mean... Yeah, they really didn't uh, have like a single character or a single storyline or anything that kind of implied that. I I don't know if maybe there was like a Wayne symbol somewhere. At there some was point. the yeah the buildings had like Wayne Enterprises, but that's not really enough. There was one. There was one, but it got edited out. And I'm, I know you remember this. That uh, like spoiler alert for uh, Justice League or specifically Zack Snyder's Justice League. That uh, what's his name Stanwick. Swanwick Swanwick Mm -hmm. was actually Martian Manhunter and I believe that was supposed to be evident in Man of Steel like they were going to do some kind of a connection and that got deleted out and that's the thing if they had like set that up if they had done something where like you get like a quick glimpse of like some red eyes or something on Mm -hmm. him at some point in the movie oh then that that would have been the situation you're talking about but otherwise if you just leave Man of Steel in a vacuum by itself Swanwick was Swanwick yeah the thing is, is Martian Manhunter actually would have been good in that the Nick Fury position of bringing everyone together. Yeah. Uh, there was in the, I think it was like around 1997, there was supposed to be a Justice League TV show. Uh, there was a pilot made, completely failed miserably, but that pilot was still like produced and copied and bootlegged at conventions and stuff. So you can still see it, sort of. Uh, it's probably on YouTube somewhere as well, but probably. the point of that pilot was Martian Manhunter, uh, played by, I believe it was David Augensteyers. Is going out of his way to try to find some Oreo cookies. Yeah, no, he oh. he is the one who's gathering all the Justice League together. To find him some Oreo cookies. Sure, <laughs> but yeah, he's the, he's the one that's recruiting everyone and putting the team together. They could have easily done that with the DCEU yeah, had absolutely. they left that in. And also would have benefited the character of Batman a little bit more because Batman's not supposed to be the one that brings the Justice League together. No. Batman's the one, the last person to join, if he even actually officially joins at all. He's notoriously anti-doing anything with anybody other than Robin, and you had to, like, pull his arm in order to get Robin on board. Yeah, like, he he really loves working alone, with the exception of, like, Robin, Catwoman, Huntress, Alfred. uh, (laughs) I'm just going to start going through all the characters he's ever worked with. Legitimately, though, his, his mindset is, I work alone, I don't want to endanger other people, I know best the best situation how to solve these problems i don't need anybody else yeah despite the fact that he obviously works with multiple people over time and then later became part of the justice league but 
yeah, that's the situation is DC kind of didn't really know. I, I, all they knew from the beginning is that, hey, Marvel's got a successful uh, cinematic universe. We want that too. Hey, we just saw the Avengers because obviously Man of Steel came out in 2013. Avengers happened in 2012. So DC started their universe technically late by all accounts. After Marvel was already done with phase one damn yeah. near. Yeah, so they saw the success of Avengers and went, you know what? We got to we gotta get on that. We got to get on that part of the train. We need to jump aboard the team-up train because by the time we otherwise get a team-up done, it's going to be long past the Avengers and no one's going to care about team-ups anymore. And my question on this, which is fundamentally a mishandling of yeah. the knowledge of the popularity of the DC characters in general, Superman being arguably the most famous superhero of all time. He is what you think about when you think of the word superhero. Yeah. So pretty much, yeah. You have the you have the game. You have the the whole breadth of time that you need in order to raise up these characters right and do a team up movie. They didn't realize that. They didn't understand we could take our time and people will actually be okay with it. They were sprinting to the finish from the very beginning. And they pulled a hamstring. Yeah. I mean damn near. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that was that was the problem is they saw like how good that team up was with Avengers and them knowing like we could do something just as amazing and phenomenal with We've the got Justice great League. Great characters, we could team them up now. But yeah, you the reason it worked well with Marvel is because they built these characters over years, Bingo. and DC was trying to just get straight to the point. Mm -hmm. They were just trying to to get all the characters in bed together and skip taking them out to dinner. There's an analogy for you. Wow, but I mean, yeah, that's essentially what they what they did with it, and that's why it didn't quite work out so well. <laughs> yeah, because the thing about about building a cinematic universe is you've got to make sure your first one out the gate works and is good. Which the all, the mummy <laughs> for all intents and purposes, woof woof. Uh, for all intents and purposes, Man of Steel did work uh -huh. and it was good. But again, we did, had no idea it was supposed to be building a world with this first movie. And the outside perspective also is that technically, I think, and this this is going to be my opinion. If you have a different opinion, you're welcome to it. Obviously, I'm not going to tell anybody they can't have a different opinion. But Superman is not supposed to be a dark character. I will say that there's aspects of him that can be dark. I didn't actually. I'm one of those that didn't actually mind that he snapped Zod's neck. I didn't mind that because we're talking about a Superman who's kind of just becoming Superman. I'm okay with a Superman learning the fact that he doesn't want to do that ever again. Yeah. I'm okay with that aspect. Uh, but overall, Superman is not supposed to be a muted character. He's supposed to be oversaturated. He's supposed to be bright. He's supposed to be a beacon of light, essentially. Not, yeah. not a symbol of muted darkness. So in that regard, I think that DC kind of got off on the wrong foot with Man of Steel. That being said, that's not something that you, you can't course correct with a sequel. You can, you can course correct that easy. And yeah. the movie also still wasn't bad. It just wasn't exactly what it should be. It just wasn't exactly all that good either. That being said, I do think, <laughs> uh, I do think that James Gunn and Peter Safran have a better idea in line with what they want to do with Superman. So what I'm really hoping is, and we haven't gotten, I, I don't feel like I've actually gotten a good, like satisfying answer to this is how much of this is Warner brothers just staying hands off with. 
Like, is Warner Brothers Discovery, is Zaslav backing off and just leaving, leaving it to Peter Safran and James Gunn, much like Marvel does, or Disney does, with Kevin Feige? Kevin Feige's like the end-all, be-all of anything so, Marvel. So. so here's the thing. Um, I think that that is something that needs to be done with somebody at some point. Like, Disney lets Kevin Feige handle, but that's because by the time that Disney picked up Marvel, Kevin Feige had already proven himself with a couple yeah. movies. He's, he, he did... Gosh, Disney picked it up probably, like, right around Avengers, right? Right, right, before, right before Avengers, yeah. Because Paramount was still distributing. Yes. So... It was, like, Iron Man 3, I think, was the first one. I think Paramount still had a hand on the distribution of that, mm-hmm. but... For pretty much then on, it was all Disney. Phase two on was the Disney era with Marvel. Um, So by that point, Kevin Feige had already proven himself capable of producing movies with excellent return. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that DC, I'll I'll give Zaslav the benefit of the doubt here. I think he would love to do that with James Gunn. I think he would love to let someone like James Gunn have full creative control, do very well with it, and go, cool, I don't have to worry about it. You got it. Well, I almost think that's what Feige did with James Gunn in regards to the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. For the most part. Especially because, again, coming from the comic book angle, Guardians of the Galaxy was even less well-known than Iron Man was when Iron Man came out. And so Guardians of the Galaxy was one of like the biggest uh, like risks, gambles yeah. that Marvel took. And giving it to James Gunn, him being able to play with these specific characters and how dynamic their characters are, worked very well. And then also with uh, everything that happened with James Gunn and his tweets and stuff from, like, decades ago. The firing and rehiring. Yeah. Uh, James Gunn managed to quickly run over to D.C. and pull off doing the Suicide Squad. Right. Which just proved that he was good with that group of dynamic characters also. Mm-hmm. And I think that is basically him proving himself to DC, to yeah. Zaslav. So there's a good chance I feel like they may give him that. My question that I ask on this is I know like a lot of times a lot of people go through like all the schooling for business or they work their way up like Feige did. It, it, it's kind of weird that I see a lot of times the general audience and people on Twitter that have the answer of how to resolve all this, Mm -hmm. but why is it like a massive giant studio can't figure this out? Like, why did it take Warner Brothers so long to like, you know what? I think we need to find ourselves a Kevin Feige. That should have been like right off the bat, especially after, after the failure of Justice League. In 2017, when that came out, that should have been an immediate, like, why didn't we have a Feige in place? The answer to that question is that, I'll put a metaphor. If you're going from one end of the city to the other end of the city, there's not just one road you can take. There's usually multiple routes you can take to get from one end of the city to the other side. Of course, sure. Um, Any regular metropolitan area Mm -hmm. that works for Uh in this situation, I think Warner Brothers was thinking, we see the path they take. We don't necessarily want to go the same route as them because we, for whatever whatever reason on the business side, you don't want to be colored a copycat or you don't want to be this, that, or the other, whatever. Sure. Whatever your reasoning is. Their line of thinking is, there's surely going to be another road that we can take in order to get there. Apparently not. <laughs> and... You know, God bless them. They uh, they tried. 
they done effed around and found out. <laughs> <laughs> nope. In this case, there is actually only one pathway to take. And there might there might actually be other pathways to take, but the truth of the matter is Marvel found a very succinct and good pathway to take, and there is absolutely zero reason that you should not take the exact same path with your characters. And so this was something I was saying for, I feel like, years now. It's I've been talking about more and more over the past year because it's been more and more of a topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. But my first thought was, like, y'all are screwing this up. Like, erase everything get yourself a Kevin Feige and start from scratch. Like, mm-hmm. stop with all this. Because while Marvel was making their movies, when Iron Man first came out, that was the same year as The Dark Knight. And then a couple of years later, we got the Green Lantern movie. And then we got Man of Steel. And we've got all these DC movies all over the place. And granted, all credit to Christopher Nolan. His Dark Knight trilogy is Great. Is amazing. It, that that whole trilogy, regardless of how you feel about individual films or individual moments in those individual films, the trilogy is an absolute masterpiece. It's one of it's one of peak comic book trilogies. Absolutely, one hundred percent. But they're th- so that proved that DC was good at l- give a creative person like yeah. Christopher Nolan, who had proved himself by then, give him full reign. Because I know Christopher Nolan had like damn near full reign of everything in those movies. Let them have it and just let them do what they do and we're going to get good content out of it, basically. Mm-hmm. That's what they should have done to begin with, like Marvel. And that's what, another thing I've said. Straight rip off Marvel. Yeah. Completely copy them. Who cares if someone says you're copying them? If you're copying, you know what that means? We're getting good movies. That's what it means. So, yeah. Um, now, on the other side of the same coin, I don't really want to spend too much time on this aspect. Yeah. Um, there is a degree in which you shouldn't copy somebody like Marvel. Let's namely talk about The Mummy. That's a situation where we had a first entry into a series, into essentially a cinematic universe, in that you're also introducing a character who's supposed to be your through line to all these movies. Was that the Dr. Henry Jekyll? Or mm-hmm. Yeah, Dr. Jekyll is essentially the Nick Fury in that. And the organization that he was essentially running. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically being the shield of the of the of the dark universe um that is a situation where you are spending more time focusing on the fact that you want to make a cinematic universe more than you want to make a good movie yeah because they they did that they went all in on we're making a cinematic universe with all these characters here's pictures in a magazine that are completely irrelevant and outdated now um yeah that's the wrong way to do it they were they were trying to take that marvel route and just go into it doesn't work what you need to do is you need to have in the back of your head, we are creating a cinematic universe, but we're also going to simultaneously focus on good stories for each individual story because that's what Marvel did. They made sure Iron Man was good. They made sure Incredible Hulk was good. They made sure Iron Man 2 was... They made sure that Captain America and <laughs> Thor were good. They made sure the Avengers was good. <laughs> they made sure Iron Man 2 was passable. They made sure Iron Man 2 existed. Um <laughs> Side note real quick, even bad Marvel movies are still good, give or take Thor Love and Thunder. Um, Thor Dark World. uh, Thor Dark World is better than Love and Thunder. Anyway, so that being said, we come to the point where we have uh, James Gunn, I almost called him Peter Gunn, Uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran. Yeah. It could be their couple name. Peter Gunn, James Safran, whatever. (laughs) They're in charge of the DC Universe now, and as of the recording of this podcast... We have word that they are planning on 
introducing the direction of the cinematic universe or at least the first part their first their first phase maybe their first couple movies or whatever their initial plan uh, at the beginning of this next year um he did i think he honestly i think he gave us too much by saying that superman is out the gate and that henry cavill is not going to be playing him i'm surprised that he said that much on twitter to be honest yeah cuz i i guess i'm just used to I'm just used to Marvel going, you'll find out when you find out, okay? Yeah. Stop hounding us. You'll know when you know. And this one, they're like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to go with Superman first. We just want to make sure you all are fully aware of that. Which is good. That's that's yeah. actually where they should be I'm not be complaining starting. about that at all. Yeah, that's where it should I'm be surprised. starting. So I'm okay if that's, like, the first thing that they reveal like that on Twitter, but. I think it's what's catching a lot of people off guard is that Henry Cavill is out. Which there's a lot of people with who have a lot of feelings about that on Twitter right now, and I get it, especially if you read Henry Cavill's statement that he put out. You know, he obviously enjoyed playing Superman. He was looking forward to coming back to playing Superman. We had that, you know, that post-credit situation with with Black, Black Adam, Adam, and we were all hyped. Okay, cool. I guess Henry Cavill's still playing Superman. That's awesome. Nope. <laughs> N- no, and in their in their. Uh, in their defense, James Gunn's defense, that whole the whole situation of Black Adam was filmed, put put on film, put to the theaters before James Gunn was officially hired in this role. Yeah. So there was already a direction that they were thinking about wanting to go with the DC universe before they hired James Gunn. When you hire somebody to take control of a faulty product, and yes, it is faulty. I, I understand there's a lot of people out there that like what Zack Snyder was doing, but the fact of the matter is, is WB has mishandled the DC universe to this point. Yeah. Regardless of how you feel about what movies did come out, the whole thing is completely mishandled. Fact. Um, you can look at the box office returns if you want to look at it from a business perspective. You critical can look, response. You can look at the critical response if you want to look at it from the storytelling perspective. All of it mishandled. So when you bring in somebody to handle something that has been mishandled like that it is perfectly acceptable to understand that they're going to do a erase and restart everything perspective and in that situation that does mean you lose the actors that you had in the positions of those characters already you lose henry cavill as superman who i consider to be Currently, the perfect cast for Superman. He looked like Superman. He's one. He's probably the best Superman that we've had on film since Christopher Reeve. Yeah, and that is that's covering all manner of TV shows and everything alike. Um, maybe, maybe, uh, Tom Welling, maybe a little Tom, bit. But Tom, Tom Welling had Tom Welling had the good uh, had the good uh, personality, but I believe that I believe that Henry Cavill had personality and looks. Yeah, a tier above Tom Welling. I wasn't a big fan of Brandon Routh or like even like Dean Cain's portrayals. Sure. Um, yeah, I think I think ultimately they had a good Superman in Henry Cavill. The thing is though is that they're obviously going in a completely different direction. They are saying we've had there's so many continuity errors now and issues and problems of all different types with the DC universe as it's been presented so far. Let's just erase it. Which again, I'm still at this point. I'm still expecting that Flash movie to do. Yeah, I'm expecting that Flash movie is going to be what erases everything, 
and they're going to just restart it all. And I love that they are starting with Superman because that is where you start with a DC universe. You don't start with a Batman. You don't start with Wonder Woman. You don't start with Green Lantern. You start with Blue Beetle or Batgirl. So, yeah, Blue Beetle is the other question. Does Blue... It's going to be interesting where Blue Beetle lies because technically if they want to wrap Blue Beetle in line with the new universe... There's time. There's time to do that, but that does effectively mean Blue Beetle is the first movie of the new DC universe out the gate. Yeah, so that would be that would be kind of like the equivalent of like if Marvel in their phase one that they released a movie like Doctor Strange in phase one. Does it make sense? Uh, I guess, but Which I mean, you can do the, the point with the their phase one was setting up the Avengers. Yeah, the Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Hulk, and get them into an Avengers movie and then expand from right. there. So what they need to be doing is DC, need, again, straight up copy Marvel at this point. We need a Superman. We need a Batman. We need a Wonder Woman. We need we need the Trinity first yeah. and foremost. That's not to say that the Blue Beetle movie that's coming out isn't going to be good in its own right or, you know, be be great for um, for, you know, certain individuals uh, who are looking towards it to to be something, you know, big for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I'm saying is that you don't want to start a universe with with not knowing exactly where something fits. Um, that being said, there is another aspect to this whole thing, which, granted, we'll keep in mind, guys, we, we'll, we'll let you know behind the scenes here. We typically record these podcasts about a week before they air on YouTube, give mm-hmm. or take. So there could be any number of developments that happen in this story. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out. In which case, there could be something clarifying this next point that I'm bringing up here, which is James Gunn directed The Suicide Squad. James Gunn also made Peacemaker. Both of those things are connected to the DCEU, the DC Universe as it stands right now. Aquaman and Flash appeared in uh, Peacemaker. Peacemaker. It's how do you how do you rectify that do you scrap those as well because we already know that there's going to be a season two of peacemaker yeah well or we just haven't again, this might be something that gets announced at some point or we did soon. know or we had a very good inkling that it was and happening. then all of a sudden that's going to be scrapped as well it does it is interesting to bring up this part of the discussion because those are james gunn produced and directed uh yeah. pieces of entertainment within the dceu is he is he and this is where this is where the breakdown of the plan is interesting to me is is it a full and utter reboot of the entire DC universe now at this point because if it is then that means the suicide squad and peacemaker gone are gone or is there some way to still wrap those into a new continuity despite the fact that in peacemaker you had aquaman and flash yeah um, and again, the way comic book movies and entertainment has been, at least from like the nineties is they've been really good at making sure they're not like stepping on each other. If yeah. like, especially like in the nineties, and I've said this before on multiple things. So briefly say it, uh, in the Spider-Man cartoon, they didn't introduce Electro or Sandman. I think Electro got introduced like at the very end of it, but they weren't putting Electro or Sandman in because there was a Spider-Man movie uh, being developed by James Cameron, I believe, uh, at the time that Weird. was the villains were going to be 
uh, Electro and Sandman. So they didn't want to put them in the cartoon because it would confuse audiences because people are stupid and don't realize Wait, that there's a difference between the cartoon and a the movie. They're in that. So is this related to the cartoon because those characters exist? Well, yeah. In the same way that Spider-Man's in the cartoon and in the movie, sure. Yeah, so they didn't want they didn't want to do that because they were afraid people were going to get confused. That is still somewhat of a rational thinking here, which is and, and you and I have talked about this in that my opinion of what DC should do is what you've called like the scorched earth. Just erase kill it all. all of it. Get and rid that of it includes getting rid of the Matt Reeves Batman. No more of those movies. No more Joker. Get rid of the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movies. Like anything else, anything DC comic book related at all whatsoever that was planning on coming out, you get rid of it. You're get talking about of... even movies that are completed like Aquaman, Flash, Shazam, Beetle, yeah. all of it just... Everything goes away. We're... All of it goes away, and we start over 100% clean from scratch. Forget all of those movies and any connections that they had. Yeah. We're going to set up the Which, brand new universe. That's what I want. Again, that's a very idealistic thing. It doesn't really work practically with how the business side of movies work. Sure, and that's that's going off of the thing that WB didn't handle this right from the start. Right. So, therefore... WB gets to take the loss on this. They get the L. You should have been copying Marvel right from the very beginning, but you didn't. So this is what happens to you when you choose to do that. Now, so again, like that's that's a very idealistic standpoint. Yeah. Because that will never happen. That will never happen like I mean, that. It sounds like it's starting to be close. He's they still said like the Not Matt Reeves Batman movies, the Joker movies are going to continue still. But Aquaman, as of right now, Aquaman is still coming out. Aquaman two, Flash is still coming out. Yeah, uh, Blue Beetle obviously is still happening. I mean, James Gunn even retweeted the poster of that, so he's behind that movie still. Um, but these movies are still going to happen. They're not going to. They're not going to completely cancel these these big blockbuster movies that are supposed to hit the theater and make a ton of money. And I'm okay with that. I think it makes sense if I'm thinking strictly, not from a storytelling perspective, because from a storytelling perspective, yes, Scorch Earth, it doesn't make any sense. From a storytelling, if we're talking about a cohesive universe, these entries now no longer make sense because they're not going to feed into anything bigger later. However, if we're looking at them as individual movies, maybe there's a story in these movies that is good on its own if you look at these movies in a bubble, which probably should be doing for all of the DC movies anyway up to this point. Apparently that's how they were wanting you to watch it, so... You probably should look <laughs> at them in a bubble uh, and not connect to anything larger. Um, however, uh, the the thing is is that on a business perspective, on the business side of things, they need to make money off of these movies. That's how... The money off, off the backs of these movies is what's going to fund the DC universe going forward. Yeah. The new plan that James Gunn and Peter Safran are, are creating. Um, so as, as, as idealistic as a scorched earth idea is, it's just, it's just obviously doesn't work practically, which is why you might have a situation where audiences are going to be confused because they're going to get a new Superman, even though general audiences out there who aren't following the stuff on Twitter and all that, they're going to be like, what happened to the other guy? Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's where I actually don't envy the job that James Gunn and Peter Safran have at this point, which is conveying to general audiences, not just the Twitter crowd, not just the minority of people on this planet who are on Twitter, but the majority of people who go to see movies. Here's the thing. Don't worry about any of that. We got a new we got a new thing going on here. There's a new Superman. 
there's a new continuity, all of it's new. And that's that's going to be a hard job. It's going to be a hard job to convince general audiences that, hey, just know it's going to be a new thing. It's going to happen because if they want to reboot the entire universe like this, people are going to have to be convinced. They're going to have to see. They're going to have to understand. Otherwise, it doesn't work. So that's what I that's what I'm really eager about going into this next year is seeing what their plan is. Because if he pops off out of the gate in January going, all right, we got Superman's coming. And this is this is where we can kind of get into like what's our ideal version of what James Gunn's going to announce. For me, he pops out with Superman. Next, Wonder Woman. Next, uh, give me if you go Flash or Green Lantern. Yeah, give me give me maybe probably Green Lantern since we got a Flash movie coming out. I would I I would say Flash. Give me Flash. And hold on, give me. Give me maybe Aquaman as well. Give me those four. Um, maybe you can do. No, no. Give me those four. This, let me. Let me. Yeah. Give me those four, and then do your first initial Justice League movie. Bring Batman into the Justice League movie, because that's that's where you would need to introduce Batman at, mm-hmm. and then following that we get a Batman movie, which gives plenty of time, hopefully at that point, for Matt Reeves' Batman to finish a trilogy, essentially. Potentially. Which is what I expect that he's going to um, run out of that. I also want to point out, like, again, comparing to Marvel. Yeah, and, and real quick, I know we've done this a lot, talking about Marvel and comparing Marvel to DC. I know there's a lot of a lot of discourse on the internet, like, oh, you're Marvel fanboys, you're DC fanboys. Uh, first and foremost, I would say... Fan of both. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of both of them. DC was the first ones, like, I collected the figures, the mm-hmm. superpowers figures back in the 80s, well before I touched anything having to do with marvel so i am a huge dc fan you just want to see these characters succeed on film yeah that's all i'm asking for is like bring my childhood to life in a proper way like marvel has been doing Mm -hmm. um i forgot where i was going with all this oh yeah uh comparing it to marvel if you go back and you look at phase one yes we had individual movies for iron man thor captain america there were other Avengers that also needed to be introduced before the movie, Mm -hmm. Hawkeye and Black Widow, who were introduced as side characters within the main, the other major, more major characters' movies. Yeah. And they could do that with DC as well. I think, yeah, I think on that end, you still bring in, say, like Martian Manhunter and probably maybe even Cyborg, if you still want to bring Cyborg into. I still, honestly, I still would probably personally prefer that they go the Teen Titans route with Cyborg first. Yeah. But that means you're you're putting off Cyborg for quite a while. And I think in some cases, there's a reason why you still want to have Cyborg present. Um, and not to stir up controversy, but I'm wondering if... <laughs> Don't it, do it. it. I wonder if that might actually be the route to go, given the history of how Cyborg and Ray Fisher were was treated by WB... Sure. Previously. So, like, let's step back and step away from Cyborg for a bit. Let's let that... Let, make, make sure the fire is completely calmed down. And yeah, because you that. don't want to yeah. be, like, bringing it, whoa, we've got another Cyborg, and then there's a whole thing of controversy there. Uh, I'm thinking something like, kind of like, yeah, you got uh, Martian Manhunter, when in the, in the comics at one point he was a cop. Yeah. He was a detective. Uh, you've also got, uh, like, Flash. I think Barry, the Barry Allen Flash was also a forensic scientist for police. Mm-hmm. So you've got two people that could potentially be meeting up and interacting in a police fashion. So there's two of them that could be 
involved somewhere else as like side characters and just brought in. Yeah. And I'll tell you like right off the bat, your first phase. Um, again, I'm saying, I'm saying like, look, we're, if we're going to copy Marvel, we're going to copy Marvel here. You've got Lex Luthor was the bad guy in Superman, probably going to be the bad guy in the first Superman movie. Let's be honest about that. Which I hate. But I know. I yeah. understand. But if you're reestablishing a continuity and everything, you've got to reestablish the major power players in that continuity. And Lex Luthor is. I would make Lex Luthor a side villain, though. Hold on. Okay. You let me go. You're gonna have super, you're gonna have Lex Luthor in Superman. He's going to be he's going to be the antagonistic force here. Um, then you're gonna have Lex Luthor as the bad guy for the Justice League. Yes. Like Loki was in Thor, and then Loki was the bad guy in in Avengers same same thought same kind of situation the reason for that is because you want to save bigger Justice League bad guys for later like Thanos yeah. was saved for later yeah they built up to Thanos after three phases you want to build up to your dark sides or what have you after several phases after several Justice League movies yeah after a couple different Justice League not movies. the first Justice League movie hey here's dark side and no. look if we one to one copying Marvel here yeah maybe you want to do Brainiac in a super Superman movie but also maybe you do Brainiac as the second Justice League movie too like I would, Ultron so, yeah I would yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. let's Jeez. be honest uh, I do like the idea, kind of like what I was just saying is, uh, like, you put Lex Luthor in the first Superman movie, but he's a side antagonist. He's the one pulling the strings. I would actually make the main villain, like, Metallo. And make sure. the procedure that uh, Corbin goes through to become Metallo, make that a procedure that was funded by Lex Corp. Sure. Or Luthor Corp, or whatever they decide to call it in that movie. But that yeah. works as well. Don't he's, kill him off. Yeah, you don't kill him off. He's just a puppeteer pulling the strings or whatever, but he'll still be there throughout the rest of the DC movies. No, I mean, like, don't kill off Metallo. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the one thing. That's the one thing I want them to do separate from what Marvel is doing is don't kill off your villains. Say, you, maybe you can kill off a couple of them here and there, but don't save, save some of them. There could be better stories with them later. Especially if you are later on, you're going to bring in Dark Side. Yeah. What would be fun on that is you bring in the idea of, like, some of these villains. And they did this in the Justice League Unlimited cartoon also. Uh, like, the finale of that whole series was the villains teaming up with the heroes to fight against Darkseid. Which, that would be interesting. I would love to see that on, on screen. That would be absolutely fascinating. You, you got, like, the Avengers Endgame level battle like that with the heroes and villains all teamed up yeah. against Darkseid and Apocalypse. But that, that would be so good. But that being said, I want them to still kind of go with the establish the characters who we've got Earthbound first. Yeah. Um, granted, yes, Superman's coming from another planet. We know that. Uh, Wonder Woman, while not coming from another planet, is still kind of a high and lofty concept in that it revolves around Greek gods and whatnot. Well, she's uh, for all intents and purposes, she's going to be still that fish out of water because she's coming from Themyscira. Yeah. So that's that's still kind of your your Thor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Flash, Earthbound. Aquaman, Earthbound underwater but still earthbound so you you have these earthbound heroes who who pop up here then i think in phase two you're both bringing in batman for one side of things and then you're bringing in green lantern mm -hmm. i think for the phase two i think you wait on green lantern still granted i understand i want to see a green lantern movie a successful green lantern movie yeah. as soon as possible because <laughs> i think that's a fantastic concept for a movie 
but I think if you again, if we're talking about rebooting the entire universe, you don't want to Green Lantern out of the gate. Now, I'm saying all this. We're saying all these things, obviously, without knowing what James Gunn's going to announce. He could be like Superman's first and Green Lantern second, guys. I would be, I would be okay with that. And at that point, obviously, I have no say or anything, but I'm going to sit back and go, okay, let's see it. And I would like that idea only because there's an element to Superman that does involve outer space. So there's a potential for a light connection to at least the, the Green Lantern core. Right. Through Superman, maybe maybe like Green Lantern Corps was was there witnessing Krypton well, blowing up or something. I like will that. also say uh, to give uh, credit where some credit is due on Zack Snyder's Justice League, we got a cool little glimpse of a Green Lantern in a, in a sequence in that movie. Yeah, which I thought was really really dope because it kind of showed the other aspects that we haven't explored yet within the DCEU. That's great stuff. Bring that kind of mentality into the into the new one. Yeah, you can hint at a coming Green Lantern later on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know that you necessarily do that at some point within the phase one. Maybe you find the route, like you were saying. Maybe you see some aspect of the Green Lantern Corps trying to answer the call of Krypton and being too late. I don't know if that's how that works. But all that being said, uh. I'm very much looking forward to what James Gunn is going to bring to the table and announce at the beginning of next year. Yeah. And maybe maybe some of the ideas I convey here is some of the same ideas he's already thinking. Very likely. Uh, James Gunn is a fan of the fans. He is a comic book fan. He knows how to please the comic book nerds. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I know like a lot of times we've said, multiple people have said, in Feige we trust. I, like... I'm almost like ready to be in James Gunn, mm. Peter Safran, we trust. So I want to see what they're this, going to do. But. This goes back to what I was saying earlier, which is where I think Zaslav wants to put that kind of trust into uh, Gunn, just like Disney puts that kind of trust into Feige. Yeah. Um, I do think we need to see a few movies out of the gate. Obviously, WB is going to be looking at the few movies out of the gate. James Gunn and Peter Safran are on a, I believe, five-year contract or some kind of contract. I don't know if it was actually expressly five years. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But I know that they're on a contract of some sort. It's like a probation. Let's see what you can do. Exactly. Then... That's exactly what it is. And I think that's the situation we're we're looking at right now, which is... <laughs> is Kevin Feige on a contract or is he just there? He, he, is, he is contracted. Yeah, but we just never hear it about just it. It just renews all the time. Yeah. <laughs> why would we let him go? <laughs> and why would he want to leave? Yeah, he's in a comfy, comfy place. Every Everyone is happy with everyone's position there. They might not be happy with Phase 4, but whatever. <laughs> uh, depend, those, some people's yeah. opinions aside. Uh, that's the situation we're looking at with uh, with James Gunn, though. Is mm-hmm. He's going to have to prove himself out of the gate with the first few movies. They're going, they're going to have to be a at least a financial success. Hopefully, they're also a critical success, too. Um, but ideally you're, you're wanting to come out of the gate with movies that generally people are saying are success. Like generally people think the first Iron Man movie is a success. Yeah. The only other thing I question real quick as we like start wrapping things up, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think, uh, I guess like a short opinion, what do you think of the idea of James Gunn and Peter Safran compared to just Kevin Feige? We've got two Kevin Feige's essentially yeah. for DC. 
Peter Safran's holding on to all the financial stuff. James Gunn's the creative person. Keeping in mind, those two have worked together for years. That was my and question. Know, and know each other very well. That was going to be my question is how well do they know each other? How well have they worked together before? Yeah. Uh, fully on board with that. I think 100% if you got if you need to do two people on yours to make your universe work, like Kevin Feige's the one guy who makes Marvel's universe work, I think you go with that. I think if those two can work together, they can work well together, and they know how to how they're going to split the the you know jobs and what they need to get done. Mm-hmm. You know, again, like James Gunn being the creative and Peter Safran being the business. If they know exactly how to put you know things into their appropriate buckets between the two of them, you've got success written all over that. Well, I'm hoping. I'm just I'm I'm looking at it from the point of view of that might be like a, two heads is not necessarily better than one. For example, the two of us run this channel, and we butt heads a lot on opinions on stuff that we should do. Yeah, but I always get my way. Anyway. No, you don't. Uh, so, that's going to be the end of this podcast. <laughs> well, it's not the end yet. I still wanted to keep talking. Too bad. I'm in charge. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Uh, yeah. So, if you guys uh, enjoyed our opinions there, because <laughs> keep in mind, I want to I wanna make sure we drive home this point. A lot of what we shared here is our opinion. You are welcome to have a different opinion. You may have absolutely loved what Zack Snyder was doing and the goal of the Zack Snyder universe. I liked his passion that he had for it. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Because you could definitely tell he was a fan at heart also, and he yeah. wanted that to come through. But but obviously, like we are sharing our opinions. You are yeah. welcome to have your opinion. We are not judging you on your opinion of what has come before in the DC universe. Just knowing, just understand, and we hope that you take away and understand the knowledge that there is going to be something new and different. We that has been made clear to us. Don't throw, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Where's that phrase even from? Don't throw that out right now just because you are sad that Henry Cavill is not coming back. Understand, take a step back and understand. We're getting something all new. Yeah, as far as that we can see so far. Again, not counting where. Suicide Squad and Peacemaker land in this that, And that's the thing. I'm so curious as to how, what, how the answer is going to be on some of this. Yeah. So um, that being said, if you guys got some interesting comments here on the YouTube, you're welcome to leave a comment down below. Let us know what your thoughts are on James Gunn's tweet, the potential ideas, Superman coming out of the gate, Henry Cavill being gone. We would love to hear from you and hear your opinion on that. We'd also love to hear your opinion on this episode of the podcast. That, that we, I mean, we'd be thrilled to hear your opinion on that, provided it's positive. Um, <laughs> also, make sure you hit the like on the video. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, turn that red button gray. Come on, what are you doing? It's easy. It's easy. It's free. It takes takes half a second, and it's no sweat Even off that. your back. Yeah. Go for it. Um, as far as the podcast side of things, wherever you're listening to this, go ahead and give us a positive rating. Uh, typically, they're a, a star system, I believe, so five stars, wherever you're listening to this at, really helps us out, and we appreciate that so much. And share this with your friends and family. That's how Absolutely. that's how this grows. Is like not only do you like it and it helps the algorithms, but you also share it. People who like you, who like your tastes and your judgment on what you listen to, they may want to listen to us also. So make sure they know about it. 
yeah. And if you really enjoy us, and we know that you do, please come back to this channel. We're doing all sorts of things here. We're on a little bit of a uh, hiatus for the for the holiday season right now, but we will be coming back on Wednesdays with our live show. It's the tagline. We actually brought this up on our last episode of the tagline, where we were talking about all the James Gunn stuff. Um, we talk about all the movie news, everything that pops up, we're going to hit it on the tagline. So you want to be there live in the chat, hanging out with us, putting your thoughts in on the chat and everything live too. Um, let's see. Do we have the, the marquee is the marquee coming up at the end of this week? Uh, we do have the marquee. I don't believe. Yes, it is coming this Friday. I believe is the marquee. Yeah. Think about when we're filming, when it's coming out and what's coming up. Yeah, so it's this Friday. That's going to be at 7.30 Pacific, uh, 10.30 Eastern. We're covering Christmas movies, yep. tier ranking Christmas movies. If you don't know what the marquee is, it's our tier ranking show. If you know tier list, S, A, B, C, D, F. We rank movies on a tier list where they fall on that list. We're doing Christmas movies this, this weekend because obviously Christmas is coming up. So it's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to want to be there. It's a live show, so you can also give your thoughts there live on that as well. Uh, on top of everything else, so much is happening. I know our Avatar Way of Water review came out not too long ago, a couple days ago at this point. So you want to make sure you check that out if you haven't seen Avatar yet. It is spoiler free. So let us know your thoughts on that. All sorts of stuff coming out on the channel, though. So you're going to want to hang out and be subscribed so you catch all of it. Otherwise, we appreciate you guys jumping in on this one. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MLP. You can follow me specifically at ChrisAdamsMLP on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, as well as twitch.tv slash ChrisAdamsMLP, where I'm streaming and having a lot of fun. And you can follow me at RobertAdamsMLP on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and YouTube.com slash at RobertAdamsMLP, where I'll do something at some point, some way. Way to sell it. Come join me. <laughs> Be there when I'm there. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate you guys uh, listening and hanging out on this one, though. Again, share your thoughts on all the DC stuff in the comments down below. We would love to hear it. And I guess until next time, until we see you again, our friends, does DC have any uh, catchphrases? I know we have Stanley's got Excelsior and Nuff Said and all that, but... Oh, th like, does DC have something they end with? Yeah. Yeah, they're like, huh, good enough. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye. Good, good enough. <laughs> uh.